Hi, welcome to another episode of Conference Reruns. This is episode three. Uh, we are just a couple of days away from Christmas, so it only made sense that we focus on a Christmas message. But unfortunately, there aren't too many talks given at General Conference about Christmas. Uh, and I guess I could have picked, uh, you know, a, something from one of the Christmas devotionals, but instead I'm going to focus on a talk about Jesus Christ, which, after all, is the true meaning of Christmas. Um, I would imagine that for any of you who are parents, especially young parents, but I mean, really, this probably applies to everyone. Um, it's probably been hard this year, every year, <laughs> to focus on Christ during the holiday season. Uh, our minds are so wrapped around a million other things, uh, between presents, decorations, candy making, holiday parties, and all the errands that we have to run. Uh, it can be hard to find time to think for more than just a couple of seconds about Christ. Uh, no wonder our kids often forget the true meaning of Christmas because, well, we often forget to do our part to show it to them. This is not simply a struggle during the holiday season. It can be hard any month of the year. We get so overwhelmed with crossing off the boxes on our to-do list that we forget to focus our time on what matters most. Even during the time we're given each week when, when we take the sacrament, you know, the 10 or so minutes that are set apart for us to think only about Christ, we often get distracted by our kids or our own thoughts uh, that, that those few moments go by and we eat bread and drink water, but we never allow those emblems to, to enter into our hearts. Uh, each of us should find ways to fill our lives more fully with the things that matter most, and there's nothing that matters more than our Savior. Uh, the talk I'm going to discuss today is an extremely special message that I think helps bring our focus to the Savior in a very specific way. The address the address is titled, Applying the Atoning Blood of Christ. It was given by Elder uh, Neil A. Maxwell in October 1997. Uh, this is not a talk that I remember hearing in conference. I, I actually came across it, I think somewhat recently, maybe within the past few years, but I immediately loved it. Elder Maxwell uses the idea of applying Christ's atonement in a way that I had never previously considered. We often think about applying the atonement through repentance, but Elder Maxwell teaches that we can apply the atonement by finding similarities in our lives to what Christ has gone through. Clearly, the scale to which our lives compare to Christ is, is minuscule. But we too, just like Christ, have had to come to earth and walk the road of life, so why not look to his perfect life? for guidance, direction, and comfort. Uh, we often think of the atonement as three, as three distinct events that took place at the end of Christ's mortal life. First, his suffering in Gethsemane, second, his death on the cross, and third, his resurrection and triumph over death. These three events are what made God's work and glory possible. They are the three most important moments in earth's history. However, when thinking about Elder Maxwell's idea of applying Christ's atonement to our own lives, I think it's helpful if we expand our idea of the atonement, because Christ lived a perfect life. He never sinned, thus every single step that he took in mortality was part of his atoning sacrifice. He gave up the wants and desires of men each and every day. He sacrificed comfort, pleasure, riches, and so much more. He sacrificed a throne, a seat at the right hand of God, to come to this earth be born in the humblest location imaginable, to live out a life, as Alma would say, filled with pains, afflictions, and temptations of every kind. This is the condescension of Christ. I've heard it said that Christ likely never took a step in mortality without experiencing temptation. Satan knew that if he could get Jesus to make even one mistake, the entire plan of happiness would be destroyed. 
Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote, we never find out the strength of the, of the evil impulse inside of us until we try to fight it. And Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, is also the only man who knows to the full what temptation means. So, so yeah, I mean, Christ's life was a life of sacrifice. And though Gethsemane, the cross, and the resurrection are clearly the most consequential moments of his sacrifice— his entire life can be viewed as his full atoning sacrifice. Because without the life he lived, the perfect life that never yielded to temptation, those three events could never have happened. I believe this is what Elder Maxwell is trying to suggest when he tells us to apply the atonement to our lives, to apply Christ's life, all of it, to our lives. Here's what Elder Maxwell says. In bringing to pass the beneficent atonement, Certain things were utterly unique to Jesus. These cannot be replicated by us, the beneficiaries of the glorious atonement, with its gift of universal resurrection, but also its proffer of eternal life. Obviously, unlike our precious Savior, we surely cannot atone for the sins of mankind. Moreover, we certainly cannot bear all mortal sicknesses, infirmities, and griefs. However, on our smaller scale, just as Jesus has invited, we can indeed strive to become even as he is. This process of developmental repentance occurs when we truly take his yoke upon us, thus finally qualifying for God's greatest gift, eternal life. So, yeah, like clearly we can never experience Christ's atonement completely. And we're not asked to do so. But on a much smaller scale, we can experience parts of the life of Christ as we strive to become more like him. Uh, Elder Maxwell expands on this idea when he says this. Mortality presents us with numerous opportunities to become more Christ-like. First, by coping successfully with those of life's challenges which are common to mankind. In addition, there are also our customized trials— such as experiencing illness, aloneness, persecution, betrayal, irony, poverty, false witness, unreciprocated love, etc. If endured well, all these things can be for our good and can greatly enlarge the soul, including an enlarged capacity for joy. Meek suffering often does the excavating necessary for that enlarging. And Elder Maxwell was a incredible example of this. While he was an apostle, he was diagnosed with leukemia and had to undergo 46 consecutive days of chemotherapy. For most people, chemotherapy is given one day a week because the effects of it are so terrible that most people cannot handle it more frequent more frequently than once or, or maybe twice a week. However, Elder Maxwell's condition was so serious that he had to go for 46 consecutive days. This all started in January 1997. He spoke briefly at the April 97 conference, clearly weakened and without hair. He even makes a joke that the light illuminating from the pulpit off of his bald head. But yeah, his cancer would go into remission, and in October 1997, he gave the talk that I'm discussing today. Elder Maxwell knew what it meant to apply the atonement of Jesus, of Jesus Christ to his life. 
He had to in order to survive his cancer treatment. And each of us will have to in order to overcome the many challenges that we will face on life's journey. Elder Maxwell offered several insights into how we can apply Christ's atonement into the circumstances of our individual lives. And and each of you should listen to this talk because I'm sure that there is something that he says that will apply to whatever you're going through right now. But like Christ, we too were born into this world to experience mortality and all that it has to offer. We also go through trials just as Christ did. And we can also learn how to face those trials without shrinking. As Elder Maxwell says, partaking of the bitter cup without becoming bitter, is likewise part of the emulation of Christ. We also experience moments of loneliness, just as Christ did. And it's through those moments of loneliness that we learn how to turn to others and serve instead of asking, why me? Uh, as, As we serve, we learn how to share in the sufferings and sicknesses of others, just as Christ did. This helps us learn to submit more fully to God's will, just as Christ always did. And in moments of personal success, we can learn to be like Christ and give glory to the Father for our blessings. No matter what we experience in life, the good and the bad, we can apply Christ's atonement by living those experiences more like he would. Elder Maxwell says this. Again, our experiences surely do not approach those of Jesus. Yet the same principles and processes apply. His perfected attributes exemplify what can be much further developed by each of us. There is certainly no shortage of relevant clinical experiences, is there? We will never run out of opportunities to apply Christ's atonement into our lives. Each day, each moment, there is nothing that we are experiencing that Christ has not first experienced. In this way, and in every other way, Christ's atonement is infinite. Elder Maxwell finishes with this call to apply Christ's atonement to make us better and more like him. Brothers and sisters, Christ paid such an enormous enabling price for us. Will we not apply his atonement in order to pay the much smaller price required for personal progress? Being valiant in our testimony of Jesus, therefore, includes being valiant in our efforts to live more as he lived. We certainly cannot enter his kingdom without receiving the restored ordinances and keeping their associated covenants, but neither can we enter his kingdom without having significantly developed our charity and the other cardinal attributes. Yes, we need the essential ordinances, but we also need the essential attributes. Yes, we need to keep our covenants, but we also need to develop our character. Do we not sing, more holiness give me, pleading that we can be more Savior like Thee? And just as Elder Maxwell says, I am am so grateful for uh, the ordinances and the covenants that bind us to Christ. But I also understand that those covenants do not give me or any of us a free pass. They're not some sort of guarantee for automatic entrance into heaven. They, They instead should help me to develop greater charity, become better, and obtain essential attributes and develop a more Christ-like character. Covenants do not have power unless I also apply the atonement to those covenants and, like Christ, learn to do the Father's will. I'm so grateful this Christmas season for Christ's atonement, for his perfect life and example, for his condescension. Jesus Christ condescended to come to this earth over 2,000 years ago, 
but he can condescend into our lives each day and become a part of who we are as we apply the atoning blood of Christ into every aspect of our lives. So, I wish you all a Merry Christmas, um, and, and I hope that Christ will be a part of your Christmas and a part of every moment of your life. <laughs>